Hey, welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, to make this life count, and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Today, we're going to take a look at part three of how to make your life count. People who make this life count are skilled with people. Great leaders are great with people. They're great listeners, and they do things that draw people to them rather than push them away. People want to follow good leaders. Unfortunately, it's hard to find really good leaders. But take a look at Jesus' attractive personality. In Mark chapter 7, verse 37, it says that people were overwhelmed with amazement. He's done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. And in Mark chapter 3 and verse 13, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. Jesus drew people to him. They wanted to be with him. And good leaders are Christ-centered, and they take action on their faith and love. That's what we talked about in our previous sessions. They develop the skills that make a difference. But that's not everything about leadership, because we can get limited by behavior that puts people off, even if we are skilled in what we're doing. We may know a lot of Bible. We may have some speaking skills, but we've got some personal issues that really just puts people off. You see that in politics. There's so so much negativity in politics going on, and a lot of it has less to do with a person's skills or ability because there's so many talented people, but it's the way people come across that makes people angry, makes people upset. And you can see that in church, in a church environment where you've got people that are talented, but people don't want to be around them because of their personality issues. I know there's so many times that I'll be talking to somebody somebody, and, you know, they People just cringe. People cringe at, at the behavior or the comments people make. And so what do we do? How do if, we, if, if you're serious about growing, and I'm assuming you are because you're here listening to this and you're, you're thinking, hey, I want to be a person of influence. I want to grow. I want to be a leader or I want to do more for God. How do, you, how do you change that? How do you change those, those issues of, of personality? Well, number one, it starts with identifying what needs to change. You've got to figure out what your issue is. We've all got quirky behavior. Let's just face it. I've got so many quirks. I've got things that my kids just laugh about. My wife laughs about. I'm not going to tell you because it's stupid. But uh, we've all got quirky behavior. I remember having this church leader come over and, and spend the night and had him over for a weekend and preach at our church. And it was interesting because he in the morning he woke up and he said, hey, where's the nearest 7-Eleven? I said, well, it's just you know, I think I, I think it's about a mile away. I, I never, hadn't been to 7-Eleven in ages. And he goes, great. And I said, what are you getting to 7-Eleven? He said, I've got to get my blueberry coffee. Now, I didn't even know that blueberry coffee was a thing. But this guy apparently had it every single morning. He went to 7-Eleven, got blueberry coffee. His next question was, where's the nearest parking garage? <laughs> I'm really curious. I'm like, parking garage? Well, there's one couple blocks away. We were living near near campus at the time. And he goes, yeah, I need to go pray. I said, you pray at a parking garage? He says, every morning. I go in. I find a private spot. I park in the, in the slot there. 
And then I, I pray for about an hour. And I thought, well, that's interesting. He said, in fact, I've got a free pass at the nearest mall because they let me park there for free because I told them I'm a minister. And I was just like, oh, now that's quirky. I mean, it's, it's, spiritually, it's spiritual, but it's still quirky. And I, I had to, you know, I thought that was so funny. But you might have a few quirks of your own, and I, I, bet, I bet you do. You've got some things that are unique to you. But it's not enough to learn what, what to do as a leader. We, we also need to learn what to stop. There's some things that we've got to figure out what we can cut out. Because after a certain level of expertise, you know, whatever it is you're, you're learning as a leader, your people skills might be the only thing that you can change, especially when you get older. You may have plateaued out in terms of what you can offer technically. So what are some of the, the personality habits that hurt our ability with people? I, I read a book recently from Marshall Goldsmith, and it's called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And he gives a list of things that help us to identify uh, personality quirks that can change, that need to change. And I'm going to go through some of these, and I hope that you'll listen here and try to identify in yourself some of those things that maybe could use some modification at the least. Number one is mini, winning too much. And that's just the need to win at all costs and in all situations, whether it's low stakes or high stakes, in a conversation, a, a, an appointment, you've got to win. You've got to beat the other person. And number two is, is adding too much value. You've always got to add your two cents to every discussion. Even when it's not necessary, you just, you've got to get your point across. What's another one? Passing judgment. The need to rate others and impose our standards on other people. Number four, making destructive comments. Okay, this is like the sitcom problem. You, you feel like you're witty. You want to say something funny to get a laugh. And so there's needless sarcasm or remarks that we think are witty, but it hurts people's feelings and drives people away. People don't like to be around you because you've got some cutting comments. Uh, how about starting with no or but or ho however? Now, when you start using these negative words, everyone starts to think what you're saying to them is, I'm right, you're wrong. Basically, you're dumb, I'm smart, that's never going to work. Another, another telltale quirk is telling the world how smart we are. We've got to brag, we've got to show people we're smarter than they think we are. We've, we can't resist bragging about ourselves. Speaking when angry. Using emotional volatility as a management tool. Now, this can happen at home. It can also happen at church. It can happen at work where you've got that edge. It may not be like loud shouting, but there's like a, a tone that's aggressive, that's edgy, and it scares people. And it makes people back off. And you, you may not even be aware of it. But ask people, hey, what do you see? What else? Negativity. Or let me explain why that won't work. You know, you, you share your negative thoughts even when they aren't asked for. You, you, you're the, the nitpicker, the person that finds why something can't happen and you're dying to tell people why. Withholding information. Okay, you don't share information because you want to maintain an advantage over other people. You don't, you're looking to, to win so you hold information that could help the situation. 
Another thing is failing to give proper recognition, just not giving praise and reward. Okay, this happens so many times in families where a dad never praises, never gives encouragement. Man, it leads to messed up dysfunctional families and it leads to a dysfunctional social culture at work, church, family, whatever. Claiming credit that you don't deserve. Okay, that's a really annoying way to overestimate your contribution to success. Okay, you claim credit that you really didn't participate in or making excuses. That's the need to reposition our annoying behavior as a permanent fixture so people excuse us for it. You're just saying, well, that's just the way I am, making excuses. You know, I'm, I'm just a late person. That's just my thing. Instead of, instead of taking responsibility, clinging to the past, you deflect blame because it's an issue that came from your past. It's kind of a subset of blaming everyone else, including your family and your upbringing, your environment. It's just, you know, the way where I come from, this is the way things are done. Playing favorites, failing to see that we're treating s- someone unfairly. Okay, we, we, f- we favor people and people feel it. They can sense you like this person, not this person. Okay, refusing to express regret. That's when you can't take responsibility for your actions. You can't admit you're wrong. You can't recognize how our actions affect others. This is big. It's really big. You know, recently, in it's, we were going through the, I'm recording this during the coronavirus quarantine, and we've been trying to get our services online and streaming, and it's a challenge for me because... Technically, I'm, I'm way behind. I'm trying to catch up and going as fast as I can. And uh, a week ago, before Easter, we had a service where there was a problem technically, and I had given responsibility to this, this young woman in our church to get it uploaded, the program, to the ser- to, for our service. And I had had a good quiet time that morning. I had gone for a five-mile jog. I was feeling good. And then I got a call from her saying, it doesn't look like it's going to be on time. I'm still uploading it. And I just melted down. I was like, oh my gosh. I was so upset, so anxious, thinking we're not going to have service. Church is not going to happen. And everyone's going to know that I am a complete bozo when it comes to technical stuff. And I was embarrassed and upset. And then I was getting texts during the service from people telling me that it's buffering, it's not good. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And there's this one person in particular keeps on sending me all these texts about how bad it's going. Well, afterwards, I called him. I just laid into him. And I just, I didn't say any bad words. I didn't say anything. But I was just, hey, that didn't help me. That was, I raised my voice. And I, I just kind of let him have it for about 15 minutes. And, you know, he, he came back at me too. But afterwards, I just thought that was bad. You know, it's, it was my fault. I'm the one in charge. It wasn't this person's fault. I didn't like the way that they were nitpicking. And I just took it out on him. But the next morning, I just had to call him first thing and just apologize and say, hey, I am sorry. It was my fault. I'm going to do better in the future. But it happens to all of us. But you've got to, you've got to express regret and sorrow and admit when you're wrong. It happens all the time. What's another thing that we need to pay attention to, become aware of? Not listening. This is the most passive-aggressive form of disrespect for colleagues. You're in a conversation. You're looking at your phone. The person's trying to talk or you're acting like you're busy, you're glancing elsewhere, and you can tell a person doesn't want to talk. I remember this one guy who discipled me and mentored me. I always felt like I had to talk really fast because he was, he was so busy that I felt like I just had to like, you know, just 
get it out there, put it out on the table. I didn't have time. I, I could barely catch a breath because I thought he's going to quickly turn away to something else more important than what I've got to share. I hated that feeling because I really wanted to, to grow and learn from this guy, but I felt like he wasn't really listening. What's another thing? Failing to express gratitude. You just can't say thank you. That's the most basic form of bad manners. You're not a grateful person. You don't appreciate when people do good things around you. Punishing the messenger. The misguided need to attack the innocent who are usually only trying to help us. How about passing the buck? The need to blame everyone but ourselves. I remember this one service we were having. I was a new, I was an intern. It's probably 20, 21, 22, maybe like that. And service didn't go well. You know, it was some sort of technical issue. I can't remember exactly what it was. And the minister in charge came around. He was just so mad, yelling, who did this? And he was just looking for someone to blame, pass the buck to. And it reminded me of a scene from Rocky II where uh, Mickey's trying to train Rocky to be faster. And so he puts him in a chicken pen and he's got to chase chickens. And I felt like that minister was Rocky chasing me around. <laughs> I mean, we had we had feathers flying and, and interns running, trying to escape this guy because this guy was going after us, looking for someone to blame. Don't be that person passing the buck. Another thing is an excessive need to be me or to be yourself. You know, when you start saying, I got to do me, I got to be me, and lifting up your faults when as, as virtues simply because that's who we are, just saying, you know, that's just the way I am, man. That's just the way I'm going to be. Okay. You can be that way, but you're never going to be a person that makes, it, makes this life count as long as you hold on to faults and call them virtues. Another thing, just goal obsession. You just lose track of what really matters. You're so focused on the goal, you lose track of people, you lose track of caring for people, and it really impacts people. There's an experiment in Prin at Princeton University where they gave graduate students a, a job to preach, and they were supposed to preach on the Good Samaritan. And they're in one building, and then they were, had to preach across campus afterwards. And so the... One group, they said, hey, you're, you've got plenty of time. Take your time and go over and then preach this lesson. Another group, they said, you, you've just got enough time to make it. Go ahead and then go preach the lesson. Then the third group, they said, hey, you're late. You're going to have to really hustle to get over there and preach on the Good Samaritan. Well, these students, these grad students didn't know it, but along the path that they had to get to where they are going to preach, they'd put a, a person who was dressed up like a beggar and he was groaning, he was had blood on him, and he was moaning and groaning, and they wanted to find out whether these guys would actually stop and help him or whether they just pass over him. Well, what they found out was that people that had a little bit more time typically had a higher percentage of stopping, but a lot of those students who were preaching on the Good Samaritan, which is a story about taking care of a person along the road, they would literally step over this man groaning on the ground right in front of them and basically go on and preach the word on being a good Samaritan. And it had to do with, you know, their goal obsession. Their goal was, hey, I got to preach this lesson. I'm sorry. I, sorry, buddy. I can't help you right now because I got to get this job done. But what were they preaching on? The good Samaritan. So we lose track of what really matters. And I've done that so many times where I get so focused on what I want to see happen that I lose track of the people around me. And whether it's my marriage, whether it's my, you know, the people that are depending on me and they don't get the best of me because I'm focused on this goal that seems so important to me at the time. So 
what take a look at your life. I hope something in there you go, oh, that's me. That's good. You know, that's definitely hits home or one or two things. What are the steps to change? You got to get feedback. You've got to ask the people around you, hey, what can I do better? And then when they give you the feedback, simply say thank you. The goal of this is to identify your blind spots. We all have them. In fact, there's a, if you want to, I'll, I'll send you the notes to this class. There's a thing called the Johari window. There's four quadrants in this window. The, the known self, that's the things we know about ourselves and others know about us. Then quadrant two is the hidden self. That's things we know about ourselves, others don't know about ourselves. And then there's the blind self. That's things others know about us that we don't know. And then there's the unknown self, what neither we or others know about us. So what we want to concern ourselves is the blind self. That's what other people know about us, but we don't know about ourselves. That's where we really kick ourselves and hurt ourselves in our dealing with other people is that other people know that we've got some really bad traits, personality issues, but we're blind to it. I think about a time we were having lunch with a, a person. We were in Singapore. And these church leaders and these all these different leaders. And this one woman said, you know, when I come to Singapore, I, I come here several times and they ask me to do communion, but I, I call ahead because I, I'm always afraid I'm going to share the same story. And I don't want to, I hate it when I share the same story to the same group. And one of the church leaders across the table from her said, oh man, that's like my worst nightmare. Well, that person who said that was his worst nightmare was the worst offender. Everyone knew that this guy had, he keeps preaching the same lesson around the world. Everyone's heard it two or three times. And apparently he doesn't realize that everyone has heard the same lesson, but he keeps preaching it to everyone. She's using the same illustrations, same stories over the course of like five or 10 years. And yet he said, oh, that's my worst nightmare. And we're like going, dude, dude, catch a clue, man. I can tell you, you're not getting input into what's going on in your life. What else can you do if you got some issues, personality issues that need to change? Apologize, okay? When you've hurt people, the best way to start over is just to apologize and practice practice this phrase. I'm sorry, I'll try to do better in the future. Isn't that easy? I'm sorry, I'll try to do better in the future. It's like you're apologizing and you're moving forward. That's all you got to do. Another thing, and really such an important thing, learn to become a great listener. This is like the master skill of a person who makes this life count. I remember when I was a young Christian going at the, the Berkeley Church of Christ. This is mid to late 80s. And I would go and hear this guy named Tom Brown preach. And Tom was an incredible speaker, just masculine, powerful, funny, would make the hair of my arms just stand up, just, just inspiring, just loved it. But what was even more powerful was afterwards, I would go up to him and share what I'd learned from the lesson or what convicted me. And you know, I, was, I was like 20. I was, I was just a kind of a nobody. And that guy made me feel like I was the only person in the room. It was so weird. I mean, it was just like, how does this guy do? It was like a, it was like a superpower. That's how I felt. Like, dude, this guy is incredible. Like, how does he do it? I mean, we're everyone's all excited, and there's like a line that I'd had to wait to get to this guy, and there's a line after me. But while he was talking to me, he had a big smile, put his hand on my shoulder, asked my name, 
And man, I just felt like I was two feet taller after I left that guy. Now that is a superpower to become a great listener. And you can do some things that will help you to develop it because I know for me, I really struggle with this. I'm in the fellowship and I'm talking to a person, but I'm also keeping one eye over my shoulder about the next person I want to talk to. Or I'm thinking, I got to do this right afterwards. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm not really giving the person my 100% attention. And there's some things that you can you can do, like practice counting to 50 and just keeping keeping focused on the numbers. And then when you your mind starts to drift, go back to one. That's one thing. I think uh, meditation helps, you know, practice your breathing, practice your focus. There's a lot of things you can do, but work at it when you're at a meeting, whether it's at work or at, at church. And when you can give people your full attention, even if it's for two minutes, people appreciate it big time. Now, when when someone's talking to you and you just have that desire to say, I already knew that, you know, that happens. You know, people go, oh, did you hear about such and such? This happened and you, you've already heard it a couple of times. It's so tempting to go, oh, yeah, I already know that. Okay, don't do that because when that person tells you a story, they want to hear, oh, I haven't, they're dying to tell you this story. So give them the gratification. Just ask yourself, is it really worth it to share how smart I am by saying I already knew it? Just, you know, just say, hey, you know, just listen to what the person has to say. Let them share. You don't have to share how smart you are by knowing all all the stuff already. The more you subsume your desire to shine, the more you can put that down, the more you're going to shine in the other people's eyes. I think that's super important for, for each one of us. Okay, what else? What else can we do to to work on these things and become a people person, people skills? Look forward, not backward. It's so tempting to to look backward to our past and go, well, this is the way I was raised. This is pretty deep stuff here. You know, I I grew up in this particular background. But we've got to resist that desire to overanalyze why we do what we do or how we got here. Because it often leads down the wrong road and it's unproductive. It won't help getting us to where we want to go. Look at Paul's example in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. He said, Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Yeah, look at Paul. He just says, I haven't arrived. I haven't obtained all this. Now, that's pretty awesome. Paul, is, he seems pretty mature in my mind. I mean, this guy's pretty much like a lot like Jesus Christ. But he says, hey, I'm not arrived. I'm still pushing forward. I'm forgetting what's behind. Okay, so he's got a forward focus. He's not bringing up his past. And he had a pretty checkered past. But he's like, I'm leaving that behind. His, his goal is the end of the race. So, we can learn to have that forward focus by saying, hey, let's imagine you want to get some help. And so what I would recommend is if you're in a church or if you're in a, at work or your boss, whatever, talk to people around you and ask them this question. Hey, Bill, or hey, Susie, I want to get better at X. Would you suggest two ideas that I could implement in the future that will help me become better at X? Well, that's simple, right? Because you're saying, hey, Here's the area I want to grow in. Can you give me a couple things that can help in the future that's going to help me become better in this area? 
It's all about the future. It's all about what you can do now. You can't change the past, but you can definitely change the future. In becoming a person that has a no regrets life and that makes a difference, you've got to develop your people skills. You've got to be like Jesus. People ran toward him. They crowded around him because he was so good with people. I hope that you'll make that decision to, to develop those softer areas, the fuzzy skills that make the difference between technically proficient and a person who's technically proficient and amazingly gifted with people. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Rob Skinner podcast. My goal is to produce a weekly podcast inspiring you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. I look forward to seeing you on our next episode. And if you've enjoyed this program, I'd like to ask you to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Have a great day and make this life count.